All right. So, um, this podcast is something um, I've been thinking about doing for a while. And um, kind of just hesitation, maybe insecurity preventing me from doing it. But I was like, screw it. Who cares? Like, just go for it. And um, honestly, I, I want to make a shout out to um, a guy named Kyler. Um, he's, he's at one of the jobs I work at. And um, he found me on Facebook and he listened to one of my videos. And he said he really liked it. <clears throat> I was like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And like, he's like, Isaac, you know, you should start a podcast. Like, I would listen to it. And I was like, I was just blown away. It made me feel um, very happy. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, another shout out to my cousin, Andrew, who also has a podcast that I just started listening to. And it was, I, I really like his stuff. And excuse me, it just kind of really inspired me to do this. So um, I don't know about you guys, but if anybody even listens to this, uh, I'm like kind of a recently just kind of a junkie podcast, podcast junkie. Um, I like listening to a lot of podcasts and um, uh, from a variety of different things, mostly politics and religion um, and sports, uh, which is like pretty much our culture right now. Uh, minus the religion <laughs> for the most part. Um, but those are the three things I'm passionate about. I love basketball. Um, I'm passionate about America. Um, actually, no, 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 no. I am passionate about America, but that is way second, way third, maybe even fourth too. I'm passionate about humans, us as human beings as a whole. I'm passionate about God. And then thirdly, if like we were going to rank these, I would say I'm passionate about America and the ideals um, that it could be, and maybe sometimes that it's not. Um, but yeah, I just want to start by saying uh, what what today is about is, um, I guess, the realization that I've come to recently um, that maybe, shoot, maybe I do have uh, white privilege. Gee darn. Look at that. <laughs> um, and I'd like to say the more that you encounter God and love, um, man, you just, your love grows so much for people. It's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. It's not about being on the right side. It's not being on the left. It's not like, I don't give a frick about the right. I don't give a frick about the left. I just want to be like in love. Like I just want to be rooted in love. Um, shout out to the guy from the Royal wedding who delivered an absolute banger of a message. It's like, I just want to be in love and I don't care what anybody ever says. Love will never be cliche because love is the most powerful substance force driving anything, um, in the universe. And I want to walk in that. And that's why I think it's so profound that the Bible makes a statement. It's like, dude, yeah, you know, that love thing, like that's God. God is love. Like God encompasses everything that is love. Like whether it's romantic, whether it's friendship, whether it's a brotherhood, like whatever it is, it's like God is all of it. And so the more that I grow in that and I encounter that, the more I encounter God, like the more I realize, um, maybe I'm not walking in love in this area. And that'll kind of lead me to um, a talking piece. You know, one of the big things that I would say my conservative... Because I, I, I do have a conservative bent on some things, for sure. I, I'm still denying that. 
Um, and that's just the way people define it. But a lot of uh, my conservative brethren, I'm just like, we're all brethren, all my humans, but my human friends and brethren that have a conservative bent, we have this irrational fear. And this is what I had. Why well, I always denied that I had, you know, because I was always the guy like, you know, who kind of tried to debate that, like, you know, of course, I don't have uh, white privilege because it's America. It's the land of equal opportunity. Like everyone has um, uh, opportunity outcome, like equal opportunity outcomes. Um, like their argument is I'm not privileged more than anyone can because anyone can achieve anything in America, um, which is, you know, somewhat legit. Like I, I, I get, um, you know, I get that. Um, I just think that what I've realized is kind of love gets, love gets lost in that. Love isn't at the center of that. Love, love's not driving that. That's about being right. And what the real issue is, is I thought that if I recognized my white privilege, if I acknowledged it, if I accepted it, if I... Um, it came in agreement with it that that would mean that I was racist because sometimes it's, it's the same people that saying you have white privilege or the same people that are calling you racist because there's no doubt um, I have been identified as a racist because of my support for say Donald Trump because of uh, maybe my support for border security um, there's many things that I have been I, that I've made stances on that um have identified me as a racist and I'm the least racist person I know. I don't give a frick what anybody says. I hate racism. Racism isn't rooted in love. Racism, like no, nobody is more superior to anything. Not even, Christians aren't even superior to people aren't even Christians. And uh, maybe some Christians think that, but I just don't think that. We're all just humans. We're all just a bunch of idiots. Um, I don't think in, I, I don't believe in any superiority. I just believe in God. And um, like, him you know what I mean and so I'm like I want to run as far away as racism racism is possible and so I think that once I step into that role of like yeah I have white supremacy then I'm subconsciously accepting the fact that I am racist which isn't true and so it's this weird thing where um the left is kind of, and not just the left in general, it's like the far left to set the stage to where, um, they're almost intertwined racism, racism and white privilege, because there's no doubt that, that in my mind now that I do have white privilege, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not racist, that I'm going to do what I can um, to, to help anyone to, I'm just going to do my part to literally make the world a better place. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean that literally, like I will make the world a better place, you know, whatever it takes, shout out Cleveland, whatever it takes game seven, please, whatever it takes. (laughs) I'm recording this Saturday night. So if the Cavs are already lost or won, just know that I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just really scared. Please, J.R. Smith, make a shot, make a shot. Okay. Anyways, uh, oh God, I lost it. I, I just want to be as far away from racism as possible. And I, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but my, my fear was that if I accepted that I had white, um, uh, privilege that, um, 
that would make me racist. If that makes sense, that I would, I would be admitting what they want me to admit that I am the problem. And that's just not true. I am not the problem. I'm a solution bringer. That's who I am. That's who I will be. I will be a solution bringer. I'm not going to be a problem. I'm not going to be an instigator. I'm not going to be a promul, promulgator, pr- pr- promulgator, something like that, promulgator. Someone who kind of just drags it on, who b- brings it about. I will not be that person. I will bring, bring, being, I will be a solution bringer to whatever needs it, wherever love is needed. And so that was kind of my, um, my thought process. And honestly, uh, another big thing, and this is just a real practical thing that I realized was, I don't know, I just had one day where it was almost like the Lord was kind of showing me this. It was like I had a, a uh, obscure amount of um, videos pop up on my timeline. And I, I try not to watch Facebook videos. Um of you know like police brutality just just because i don't like seeing it and it has nothing to do i don't like seeing it for anybody white black chinese whatever um just like i don't like seeing uh like people i don't know why the sickest stuff sometimes pops up on my timeline like people getting beheaded and crap like that i'm like i don't want to see it like i don't i don't i don't need to see that like i i know that there's a lot of sick stuff going on in the world but i don't need to see it um but man i was just this weird thing where it was just like over and over it was just like man I got on, uh, so I got on Facebook and I'm like, man, that's a lot of crap. I just feel gross. I get on Twitter and it was just like even worse. Um, it just kind of laid me down this thought and this is just a real practical thing. And I'm sure people will always have their, their thoughts about this, but I know beyond a shadow of doubt, because this has happened to me multiple times, I've been pulled over and I've never, ever, 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 ever faced, uh, um, I've never felt uncomfortable. Like, I've never felt nervous. I mean, I felt like, frick, I'm about to lose money. But I've never been pulled over and been like, I may die. And although, let's say this. Let's be fair, because I'm all about the police. Let's say that the chances of uh, a random black person just getting straight executed by a cop is actually probably pretty slim. But here's the thing. The fact that it's actually still a fear is just speaking to something. Whether it's true, whether, regardless of anything, the fact that there are actually kids that will get pulled over, be innocent for something, and th- nothing may happen to them. Like literally, the cop may be the nicest guy ever and not even give them a ticket. The fact that that fear is still there is something that I just don't experience. It's just something I never probably will experience unless I'm doing something that I know like, you know, if I got people hostage in my car, I better be scared if I get pulled over and I hope he does freaking shoot me or something like that. Um, but it's like, it's something I've never felt and something else I heard recently. And man, it's just, it's just flat out true. It's like, um, okay. So America, uh, we have a predominantly white culture, like predominantly. And, um, you know, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I went to a school, Timberline High School, or no, Timberline uh, Elementary School. And um, me and my sister were, and I'm not exaggerating, the only white kids in that entire school. I grew up, um, I grew up in that culture. Like that was, um, 
you know i i I only had friends that were uh black in school because that's all that went to my school um we just played basketball i was i was the only white kid on the basketball team um in middle school and stuff like that just that was the environment i grew up around and um you know i i look back taylor one time when she was uh really young she came up to my mom and dad and she said you know mom why are we the only like why is everyone darker than us and you know my mom had to explain to her you know that you know some people just have different skin color and stuff like that but it did even as a young as young innocent um kids who did we didn't know anything about racism like but we did know that we were different. Like we were evil. We were still able to spot out that we um, were a bit different. And then as you get older, maybe it starts to feel a bit uncomfortable as you start to be exposed to the evilness of the world and stuff like that and racism and all that stuff. And you, you start to realize, um, man, maybe I am really different from them. And you're standing in a crowd of a bunch of black uh, kids and you're like, maybe starting to feel uh, a bit um, like the odd man out. You know, like, or I took a uh, missions trip to Mexico and literally I am the only white person I can see in the entire city of Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Um, and you feel a bit uncomfortable. Like, you feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, there's no doubting about it. Um, because you stand out. <laughs> like, you are the odd man out. Everybody can see you. Everybody notices you. And um, it's a bit of, a, of a, uh, a humble experience. And that's something we just don't experience here. White people. <laughs> like, there is... Um, there is... There are differences between between living as a white person um, in, in this country and um, living as a as a minority. Now, that's not to say I still believe that America, I, I with with the problems that we have, the problems. I don't care what anybody says. This is the best place to be, because guess what? We're figuring it out. We're working it out. We're, we're working it out. We're figuring it out. We're taking steps. We got a lot of people trying to get this out. And that's one thing um, that I've really realized recently is um, although I've had some serious disagreements with people on the left um, and people with real li- liberal le- leanings, um, the number one thing that I realize is it's, all, it's still driven by we just want people to feel at home we just want people to feel accepted we just want people to feel love we just, it's like it's not driven in hate it's not driven in it's like the 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 point where it crosses the line where it's like the only way we can truly move forward is to exterminate white people that's where we all disagree that's wrong and who cares what they have to say just like um uh far right leaning people that say the only way we can move on is uh to get rid of anyone who isn't uh a pure white person or something like that like 
we can all agree those are just not good people, but they're not driving the force of America, which America is about freedom. And it's about, I don't care what anyone says, what, what, uh, what people try to say America is founded on racism. It, it, it was, but that's not who it is now. America is about freedom. It's about people. It's about together. It's about family. It's about unity. And, um, like that's what we're going forward to. Like that's what we're moving towards. We're moving towards unity. And that's the amazing thing is to realize is like, it's not like we're arguing about, um, who gets to live and who gets to die. It's not like the left is trying to, um, you know, exterminate white people. And there are far people on the left that are about that, you know, just like there's far people on the right, the extremists on both sides are wrong. And everybody, we can just all come to the agreement that, uh, they're just not great people. (laughs) Um, but we all are on the board of moving towards, uh, unity. And so if someone on the left comes up to me and says, listen, you have white privilege and you have something that I, I, you, you experience something that I don't. And it's just, it's like an open, open conversation of trying to just move forward and trying to grow and trying to learn. I'm like, yes, I'm okay with that. Like, yes. If you say so, then yeah, sure. Like, I'm not going to try to disagree with you just to start an argument just so I can try to prove you right or, or something like this and try to outsmart. Like, who cares? If you think so, then, then maybe yes. Because the reality is, is they do face a different reality than I do. <sighs> so, I don't know. This is just something I'm, I'm still working through. I just want, um, you know, I want everybody to feel love. I want everybody to, I don't want to see this. It's like, I got no, I posted something on someone's post the other day and I felt sick to my stomach because there's this guy and, um, I don't know, someone commented on it and he's, he's no, sorry. Let me, let me reset. I posted on someone's post. Let's say the guy's name is John. It wasn't John. And then John responded to my comment. Um, and then someone commented on his reply and said, you're really going to respond to this dude? And the post was about racism. And he was implying, you're really going to respond to this racist dude? He was implying that. And I, I don't know, man, that freaked me up. Because I'm like, you don't get it. I was just trying to engage. I, like, I just want to be a part of the conversation. I'm just trying to learn. Like, I'm all about learning. Like, I'm, I'm willing to hear open sides. I'm presenting a different side. Like, I'm not, I'm not a part of the issue. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to talk about it. Like, I, I just want to engage in the conversations. I just want to work together um, to find solutions. And that really, really kind of set me um, on kind of a thinking thing because that's not what I want. That's not what the solution is. You know, I listen, I'll I'll say this last. um, I don't know where this kind of fits in, but there's a song that absolutely changed my life about a year ago, like truly changed my life. And it's weird. It's weird kind of when I talk about it, but I was, um, J. Cole, uh, released an album called For Your Eyes Only. Um, 
incredible, incredible album. And uh, I was uh, on my way home from work one day, just kind of, I, I lived in Redding, California. I was attending uh, a ministry school and I was listening to the song. Uh, actually, the song title or the song, the title track for the album was um, For Your Eyes Only. I was listening to that song. And it's like a, it's a kind of a longer song. And he tells a story of a dad um, who wrote a song to his daughter before he died. Um, and the whole premise was like, if I die, play this for my daughter. But if I don't keep it, like keep it hidden. Um, I don't want her to ever see this. And so the, the, the whole idea was that because you were listening to the song, you knew that he had died and that his daughter was without a dad. And, um, I don't know, man, it, it, it really, I mean, like I was walking home and I was just weeping and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was, I was, I was heartbroken because there were some things I never thought about because we, we love to talk about, uh, PTSD, um, especially for troops and like, God bless the troops, God bless the troops. Gosh, darn it. Um, because the troops are uh, facing immense PTSD and it's so demonic and evil and disgusting. But I never thought about the fact that a kid, like a kid, growing up in Chicago, growing up in um, some of these parts of LA and New York, like some of these, th- these parts, like are literally facing post-traumatic stress disorder. Like they are literally almost borderline ruined for life, but without the grace of God, they, they, they acquire damages, um, without like, you know, psychology and sometimes just the grace of God, they, they might not be able to recover from anything's possible. I believe in anything. I believe in reconciliation, healing for anything. You know, I know a guy named, um, shout out, uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, it's one of my dad's uh, close friends uh, growing up. Um, I'll remember in a second, but he grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible situation. He wrote a book about it called Balling Out of Control. Unbelievable book. Um, I haven't really read all of it, but I'm kinda, I've been kind of grinding through it. And it's like, dude, this is stuff that I've never experienced before. Never even thought about the fact that a kid could experience post-traumatic stress, dis- post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's something even J. Cole in his new album, KOD, alluded to. He says, um, you know, this is the type of stuff that kids should go see literally like psychologists for. That's a, that's a real paraphrase. But man, uh, that sparked something in me that I realized um, needed to change. I realized that something needed to change and there's a lot of solutions. And here's the thing. If you're on the left and you listen to this, you need to understand that there are people on the right that have solutions. Just like you guys have solutions. You guys will not bring a full solution to the problem. You won't. You know why? Because you need us. You need a different perspective, just like we do too. It took me taking a step back, putting my humility down, not trying to be right, not trying to be cool, not trying to be smart and, and to, uh, uh, opening myself up to someone on the left who has something to say. And it, it allowed me to change. And so I say to you, you need to do the same. You need to shut your mouth when you're talking about Trump. Honestly, 
Like who cares what other people have to say? You need to figure it out for yourself. And I'm not defending Trump right now. I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I'm just saying, why don't you just shut your mouth and actually give him a shot? Like, and if he, and that goes for everyone on the right. Like, I'm not talking about Nazis. You don't need to reason with them. They want, they don't want anything good. I'm talking about people on the right who hate racism. Like a majority of people on the right hate racism and they have solutions. Um, so this is kind of, that, that was my call to say, listen, none of us can do this alone. The right is not going to do this without the left, bring real solutions to real problems. And the left isn't going to do it without the right. We can come together. The extremist will be extremist. And maybe that's just part of our human nature to, for, for each group to have extremists. But I just want you to know, I do not represent the Nazis. I do not represent fascism. And I know that you don't represent uh, that one group. Uh, I can't remember their names either. Uh, Maurice, by the way. <laughs> His name's Maurice. <laughs> Unbelievable guy. Maurice, if you're listening by chance, shout out. Love you. Um, truly amazing guy. Um, he wrote that book. Sorry, I just I just randomly came to my mind. I don't know how I forgot that. It's late at night right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll probably wrap it up. Um, this is something that, um, who knows, maybe my mind is going to change and, and keep going stronger because I'm just going after uh, truth. I'm just going after being right. I'm, I don't want anyone to have any hard feelings against me. I, I feel sick to my stomach when I decide to take a bold step and maybe comment something in defending um police or defending um you know israel or something like that i don't don't know whatever people on the on the left typically don't like or something like that when i when i step out and i defend these things and then i feel like i'm viewed as a problem i hate that i hate that because i just want to have conversations i don't want to be right i like i just want to i just want to figure it out like i just want to take away the hate like from, from anything so Anyways, um, so yes, uh, I guess, yeah, white privilege, which G darn, I guess I do have it. (laughs) Um, anyways, if anyone has any questions, you can hit me up. Uh, I I don't even know what I just said. Sometimes I just have to vomit it out. Um, probably a lot of rambling. Um, I'm sure I said, I said stuff that was wrong. Um, that's one thing I just know. Um, you just always say stuff that's wrong. And you too, by the way, you say stuff that's wrong all the time. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I just, I'm just trying to learn stuff like that. So anyways, um, if anyone actually listened to this, well, God bless you. Uh, if anyone didn't, you know what? God bless you too. I love you brother and sister. Um, so yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I don't know how often if I, I'll, I'll do these, uh, podcast um, maybe once a week or something like that. I really just kind of, if I'm, if I'm feeling something brewing, um, cause I was just really in the shower a couple minutes ago, felt this one brewing, felt it a brewing. Um, but I don't even know what I just said. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, thanks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs>